0: gather your gear it's time to head out for our road trip across america that will scare your pants off along the way with your hosts you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find discover each episode a cryptid a haunting and a strange encounter climb a boat a cryptid camper if you're brave Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend, Tom. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 1, Episode 9 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. In today's episode, we're setting up camp in Arizona. How you doing, Tom?
1: I am excellent. I am excellent. How are you?
0: I'm I'm really, really good, and um, I. I believe you have some really really fun news about your family for us
1: yeah I do so I became an uncle last week uh, last Friday or Thursday um and yeah my uh, my first time being an uncle my brother and his girlfriend had uh, had a, a baby boy seven pounds seven ounces baby dex um, cute cute little little guy um you know and uh yeah after you're gonna go see him again either tonight or tomorrow and uh probably more tomorrow because i want to take him for a walk and stuff um but uh yeah just uh really cute my parents are elated you know first time grandparents and uh yeah, and my father, before we started recording, I was talking to my father, and he showed me a, a picture of the little guy, and, you know, he keeps his hands and fish most of the time like this, because, I mean, he's a week old, you know, and uh, yeah. everything, but in this picture, they had, um they gave him a pacifier for, like, a couple days, just because he had a little cut from, it was, it was a, t- you know, there was, a little tough of labor or birth. Um, so he had a little cut under his eye from forceps. And so they've given him a pacifier just for like two or three days until it healed. So he wouldn't pick at it. So it's funny in this picture, he's got the pacifier in his his hands like this, but then one's got a middle finger coming across his face like that. So it's just, I mean, obviously it's just coincidence, but it's hysterical. And if you know, as my brother, his father, it's uh, it's, typical up is that there's a picture on his fridge of him i remember this he was four i was six at the time and one of our aunts was babysitting us and she took a picture she yelled hey dave she was taking a picture and he, at four years old he turns around and just gives her the finger <laughs> and uh, so it's very apropos so um, uh, yeah so yeah very exciting very exciting news i, I am well, now man. on to little dax that's
0: so. is a great name too. That's such a cool name. Oh my god. I love awesome. it. It's funny yeah. cuz
1: people go either way and they try nobody's like rude about it, but you see people and it was like I was talking uh, uh, one of my bosses and i was like oh yep they picked the name and i said dax and he just kind of like made a f- trying not to make a face and everything like that and i and in other people and i'm like i think it's a strong boy's name personally yeah. it's like i said i had said to you dax the axe um it, i i just think it's a, it's a really good boy's name so uh, you know some people don't but i like it so it's uh yeah, so what's new with you?
0: You know, nothing. Not not even, I uh, I started watching um, the new season of Yellowstone just came out. So if anyone doesn't know, we're actually pre-recording these to be released at a little bit of a later date. So chances are you've already seen it if you watch. But um, it's, it, it, man, if you don't watch it though, it's totally worth it. Uh, it's on Paramount totally worth a watch it's sons of anarchy on horses so if you've ever watched sons of anarchy you love that it's that on horses it's it's friggin amazing so um you watch anything good
1: um well i'm definitely gonna check that out because you got me sold with sons of anarchy on horses i mean i'm uh, you got me sold um you know there's so much and because of my schedule i've kind of fallen behind on a lot of the shows but i'm excited for the you know, season two of Lock and Key dropped, the newest season of Big Mouth uh dropped, so I got to that. Oh, and then I found out it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, my absolute favorite show. Um, is coming, uh, I knew it was coming back, but uh, December 1st is season 15, which I can't believe a live action show, wow. 50, uh, live action comedy being on for 15 years. I mean, it, it broke, it's broken whatever it was, Ozzie and Harry or something, whatever the, the the record was for most years on on TV for a, con- a live-action sitcom. Um, so I'm excited for that and I've been watching Fear of the Walking Dead because that's been excellent. Um, yeah, so much to watch. <laughs> so little time, I was saying it earlier. There's just not enough hours in the day right now, so
0: Mm-mm.
1: it's, uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's tonight, tomorrow, catch up on some shows and then I'm definitely gonna start that Yellowstone because like I said, I work with a guy too, and it's like the only show you watch And it. he's so just like, Yeah, you gotta check the show out. It's so good. So
0: it's well, so they had a they had a two hour uh season premiere, which and even a show I love, I'm like, Oh, two hours, there's gotta be Absolutely. some you know there's gonna be a point where it's gonna be at least one point where you're like, Oh, come on. I will tell yeah. you, I started watching this and it felt like about 15 minutes went by and it was over. It was the entire time I was on the edge of my seat. I my knuckles were white. I didn't touch my snacks. I didn't drink my drink. I did nothing. I was just glued and riveted. And it was and I can't say that for a lot of shows anymore, but it's I was from start to finish. I I don't even know if I blinked. My eyes were dry. It was a lot. It was so good though.
1: That's awesome. Definitely, definitely. I wrote it down already. So I know it's on my my to watch list. That's awesome. I can't cannot wait. All right. So
0: Time for the Cryptid.
1: This week I have the Cryptids. And I'm a really I'm I, I know I say it for every episode. And it's true for every episode that I'm excited. And I love doing the research and everything. I I'm really excited for this on too uh because i lived in arizona so um i got my master's degree from the arizona state university um and uh it's not my favorite state or anything there's a reason i don't live there anymore but i still like it and uh so i was excited for this and then the cryptids um because when i lived there i didn't hang out with a lot of people into the paranormal like i said i was going to grad school i was busy with that and uh stuff so i just I didn't talk to a lot about it or do a lot of research while I was down there. So I was like, I'm really curious what kind of cryptids. I, I mean, I, I I, I, I knew of the Chupacabra, obviously. Um, I assumed some sort of Bigfoot because every state has some version of a Bigfoot, but, uh, you know, I had no idea what else they might have. So, uh, I, yeah. Uh, I was really, really pleasantly surprised by the choices. And it was a tough choice. Um, they have the Aswang. They have, you know, like I said, Bigfoot, Chupacabras. They have Thunderbirds. Uh, they have Skinwalkers with different things. Th- what I almost picked, and part of me wishes I did, but I picked this other one because of the picture. They have a troll. Uh, literal. they have a troll. And I just think that's awesome so if you guys are into cryptids um do like a do a google search on arizona cryptids uh there's really cool ones i suggest really checking out the troll because i just think that's amazing that is uh they have a troll but i went with the rake are you familiar with the rake
0: so no i'm not even a little and it, and that's shocking to me because I usually I've at least heard of one and I, I don't even, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I can't even wait.
1: All right. And again, the reason I picked this over the troll was partly because of the picture that that they had with it and then the description. And I was like, yeah, um, I'll talk about the troll on another time. But um, I went with this because of that. So the rake makes its home in the Grand Canyon Caverns near uh, Peach Springs, Arizona. The rake is said to be a nine-foot-tall, nocturnal flesh-eater. It is said to be deadly pale, no, deadly, pale, human-like. And it gives off a high-pitched scream, almost like a whale, like a high-frequency scream. And its claws are said to be as long as human fingers. So... Sightings and encounters date all the way back to the 1800s. Uh, there, w- there has been several documented diary and journal entries discovered distra- describing and documenting um, encounters and uh, people seeing uh, the rake. So, And then I found this interesting. In the 1960s, a person who had unfortunately committed suicide, which is sad, in their note, mentions the rake now it doesn't say the rake's the reason for it but in the suicide note the rake is mentioned i don't know the specifics they i don't think they were ever published the specifics so they don't really do that with suicide notes nor should they um you know in papers or anything but i thought that was kind of interesting um so one of the stranger characteristics and i think it's kind of cool actually is its ability or supposed ability to shut off and mess with electricity. So the town of Peach Springs uh, has long suffered for like decades, of uh, these weird power outages and just weird stuff going along with the electricity. And it happens even on like the clearest of days, no wind, not a cloud in the sky. And they're just, havoc is being wreaked on their whole electrical grid. So, um, one bar owner had to actually close his bar early one night around 2 a.m., which I was surprised by the time because 2 a.m., that's kind of, I, you know, that doesn't seem early to me because most bars, I mean, I lived, when I lived in Chicago, there was some bars that we, there was five o'clock bars and six o'clock bars but those were more for people who wow. worked at bars and then would get out of work at two. And then they could go to a bar for a couple hours after work. So I, I don't really remember the laws, uh, when I, of uh, the bars, I wasn't a big, uh, bar guy when I was living there, I was in grad school and stuff like that. So, so anyway, he had to close his bar around 2am due to a power outage. And so, you know, He goes on and he he lets everybody out and he's cleaning the bar. And uh, so then he's going to take the trash out. And as he steps out of the back door and takes a step towards the dumpster, he looks and he sees a tall, grayish, humanoid creature about, you know, eight or he says eight, probably over nine feet tall, rummaging around in that area by the dumpster. So clearly he turns around and goes back into the bar and, you know, calls, at least he was smart about it. You know, he didn't try yeah. to go, Hey, what's this nine foot tall creature doing no. you now in my trash? No, he went back and called the authorities and whatever. So, um, another witness, and then the, another witness account was by a former grave digger. His name is Jeremy. And on top of digging graves, he did maintenance and kind of like security for the cemetery. So at nights and stuff, make sure everything was locked up. Kids weren't, you know, drinking and and vandalizing and whatever. And he claims that as he was, you know, walking through the cemetery in the distance, he saw a gray, whitish humanoid, again, very tall, probably nine to 10 feet tall humanoid figure dart across the peach spring cemetery in the distance just like but he said it was really fast but clear enough to tell that it was humanoid but not human it's uh he was very very specific on that so not much more to it like i said it's they claim he's a flesh eater and eats people but i didn't hear too much about actual attacks you know on on people maybe because those people didn't live to tell the tale i i don't know but um i thought this is really cool just in closing here that you so you know, like i said he supposedly resides in the grand canyon caverns near this town of uh peach springs but you can actually a hotel has bought up some of parts of the caverns and made them into like little like hotel room dwelling types things. And you can rent them for a night or a weekend and stuff. And uh, actually like, you know, with, you know, but yourself or a group and rent a part of the cavern and uh, kind of explore and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's pretty much it for the rake. I just thought it was pretty cool.
0: So I have some things. Yeah. So to me, personally for me and again agree or don't e- either way it's you know this is this is the fun of it for me really um it has slenderman vibes to me mm-hmm. from the from the stature the shape obviously it's not wearing, it's not suited which tends to be what he is but like the the, the long claw like fingers and really just the tone of the skin I and mean, then you, you even go right down to the fact that um he has slider capabilities which for anybody who doesn't know uh S-L-I would be capital and then DERS so it's streetlight interference capabilities and that's a it's a kinesis and um and then you you then you mentioned that he's actually mentioned in um a suicide note which that's awful and you know I'm very sorry for that but uh you mentioned that he was in that like someone they actually wrote about him in that in that in to if you really think about it if he already has a kinesis like sli and very akin to slenderman he may have some sort of a telekinesis or or something that really can manipulate a mind in that way so it's as you were talking about like i'm just i'm just feeling slenderman almost and it's and it was very um i don't know if you're getting that vibe at all either but that's what i was thinking
1: i did and i'm glad you brought it up and i'm glad you brought i'm glad you brought up all that stuff because that's like i didn't really make the connection to the sliders but now like yeah obviously that's awesome and um, yeah the slender man because i i was going back and forth like it has slender man vibes and it uh, and the fact that it was kind of like a flesh eater Almost had a Wendigo vibe to me a little bit, um, and uh, so and I uh, so I'm glad you brought that up because that was as I was picking, I was like, this kind of almost has a Wendigo vibe to it. So and uh, as we all know, Shay is a huge Wendigo. Uh, fan. Yep. So, um, I uh,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I it's I, <laughs> I didn't because I wanted to go with Slenderman because I think I think I really try to tie the wendigo into everything i possibly can and i'm super glad you did too because absolutely a hundred percent it's like the sentiment and, and the wendigo had some crazy little cryptid baby i love it exactly
1: it's it's, uh, you know i was thinking with like the wendigo too because some states wendigos talk about the scream and the hot you know whatever too and so yeah and then and then uh, again to your point on the sliders that's really cool because that was something that i learned about recently on another show we had done you know uh not not this particular show like a completely different podcast we had talked about um slider so i'm glad you brought that up because uh that's that's a great thing and uh, yeah it would stand a reason the whole telekinesis and stuff if you can do mm-hmm. do it um the one thing i wish i i, I probably should have but I didn't, I didn't see it in my research i want i should have dug deeper a little bit to see of actual attacks if i could find any accounts of an of an attack just to to see um but again i didn't find it but that's something i'll do at a later date but yeah no all those points that you brought up i mean that that's great and that's why i love uh, you know, doing this. Cause it's like, you bring up stuff that sometimes we're on the same, or you just bring up stuff that just kind of blows my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I thought I didn't think of that. And uh, so very cool. Very cool.
0: No, that was a, that was a, that was a great choice. And, and like, much to your point, that's, that's why I absolutely love doing this. And this is why I'm so glad that I'm, I'm we're doing this together. It's you and me. Cause I feel like we have, we both have similar mindsets as far as like the passion for it goes and mm. it's yeah I, I just I love how our creativity seems to kind of really it it just gels it works really well with this so
1: I agree I agree 100% and like you said we're both we're both nerds for this stuff so it's uh it's good so all right got a haunting this week I'm excited
0: ah. time for the haunting I do so. In much to your point, like you said about the cryptids and stuff, it's really hard to pick. It's it's hard to pick in almost every episode because it's uh, it's it's amazing. And Arizona is is no exception to that rule. It's, there's so many different things, and um, it's one of the encounters of the story I'm going to tell you that is actually why I picked it. So. Well, here it goes. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Casey Moore's Oyster House in Tempe, Arizona.
1: I lived in Tempe, Arizona, and I am pretty sure I've been to Casey Moore's too. I, I did. Um, ASU. I I got my master's from ASU Tempe. I lived there for quite a few years, different apartments around the town and some of the neighboring towns and. Casey Moore's is one. I'm pretty positive. It's one of those places after class, you know, a group of us would go out and, you know, get some food or drinks or whatever. And I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm positive Casey Moore's was one of those. That's so cool. I love it. I love it.
0: So So then you'll, you'll probably find the beginning part of this really interesting, especially, you know, you went to college there and stuff like that. And it actually was mentioned that a lot of students actually did frequent and, you know, kind of hang out there. Um, so it was originally built in 1910, um, and it was home to William and Mary Moore, M-O-E-U-R. I'm only saying that because I it eventually changes to Casey Moore's, which is M-O-O-R-E. Um, so I just wanted you to, I just want to kind of make it a point to let you know that it is two totally different things. Cool. William was actually a pillar in the development of Tempe's. Early education, so it's kind of cool. I just figured you, yeah,
1: no, me a I, check out on that part of yeah, it. Yeah, that, that that's really cool.
0: Mary and William would live in their house, live in that house for 19 years. Uh, they would find happiness even in darker times. They lived there right through the Great Depression, and they anything that I've I've read about this couple, it it just it feels like so much love it really it just feels it feels like that thing that everybody's looking for and it's and I and I loved reading about it in 1929 however tragedy would strike and William would die of a brain hemorrhage while standing next to the home's fireplace some of the things I read said that Mary happened to be in the room while it happened and other things had no mention of it so I I don't know if she was actually there or not and frankly I I don't know which one would have been better it's, you know, it's awful regardless.
1: Yeah, especially on, like, something so sudden and just very impactful like that. It's that's uh, yeah. tough, yeah.
0: So, Mary would live in that same house for 11 more years. I, I never saw anything saying that she remarried. She had any other, you know, love interests or anything like that. And it, it really just seems like William was it for her. And uh, she would... Like I said, lived there for eleven more years. She would eventually come to die of natural causes in their upstairs bedroom. I want you to remember that upstairs bedroom for later in my story. Okay. Um. After Mary's death, the home would actually become a bordello. I yeah, quite the leap. Um, from the happy you know home of this lovely couple to a bordello. Um. So this bordello was not the place to be. It had a streak of rapes and suicides, overdoses, murders, just a chock full of violent crimes and awful things happen. Finally, in 1973, the life of the bordello would come to an end as it was purchased and turned into a restaurant called The Ninth and Ash. It would be sold again uh, in 1986. And this is actually when it would become Casey Moore's Oyster House. Now, Casey Moore, just for reference, was actually the daughter of Irish immigrants. And that is who the Irish pub is named after. So there are so many claims here. There are claims from the employees. There are claims from the customers. And a lot of them are your run-of-the-mill claims. Uh, You have utensils flying off the tables paintings falling, the lamps swaying from side to side that are hanging from the ceiling for really seemingly no reason. Uh, It's also said that upon closing for the night, um, the employees would arrange the chairs in the way they would for closing to clean up and whatnot, and they would come in the next morning to them being taken down and rearranged. Not all the time, but that is definitely something that's happened a couple times, it seems. Creepy. Yeah. So one sighting that actually seems to happen is a uh, black-haired woman, um, supposedly murdered during the bordello days, who will stare at somebody until she gets their attention. So you know that feeling you get when someone's staring at you, and you just know she would do that until someone turned and actually saw her. They would see her for a second, and then she would vanish. So she oh, stared at them long enough to make them uncomfortable. Right? Long enough to make them uncomfortable. And then vanish when, when she was noticed finally. Oh my God. Yeah. That's not my favorite claim though. So my favorite claim, and I absolutely love this because it's just, it, it just touched my heart a little bit. My favorite claim is um, that sometimes at about 4am, a soft light would appear in one of the upstairs windows. And it's usually accompanied by the silhouette of a couple slow dancing. Oh, it is. I know it's, I got goosebumps. It's so funny. It's believed to be Mr. And Mrs. Mower, the original owners of the house. And this phenomenon was investigated because, you know, lights are obviously going on in a closed business. So, you know, police would show up in different ways. It was investigated and it has never been able to be explained what's going on there. Cre- I mean, sweet
1: because they're dancing, but still creepy because it's, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: No, it is. It is. But that's, that's what I got for that. And it's like I said, I, I picked it because I picked it because of that. That was, I, I needed to pick it for that reason.
1: So I love it and love the story. You know, i said I've been there. I'm positive. I have, I just, uh you know, I, we just called it Casey Moores. Um, but I, I don't think I realized it was actually an oyster house, but definitely been there. Love the whole, uh, well, The whole bordello thing anytime somebody says bordello i think of bordello of blood the movie and this literally was a bordello of blood so as you're explaining it and um which yeah of course this place is going to be active with that type of negativity going on um a lot like again so sweet that they're up there they're up there dancing um and everything, but still creepy, still creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I loved everything about it—the the sweet family that you know lived there, and he dies suddenly, and she just continues to live in that house, and like dies of old age. And it's just what a what a good story, and I I just really loved it. And the fact that I've been there and had no idea about this history, like no idea I've actually been there, and this was like this whole area is my my old stomping grounds. It Just such an awesome choice. Now I want to go back to Arizona do paranormal stuff because it just like there's there's so much like you were saying with there was a lot to choose from. Same with the cryptids, there was a lot to choose from. As we get into the strange encounters, again, a lot to choose from. It's time for the strange encounter. Arizona is really really fun state. So, and speaking of strange encounters, I have. strange encounters for this week like i said arizona's got a ton i believe they're they have the fifth most uh, uh ufo and alien slash strange encounters of any state in the united states so there was a lot to choose from going back there was some from right around the time of roswell and they're not too far from roswell new mexico and stuff and i usually like i said i usually like to try to pick something off the beaten track a little bit but this one I had to go with the phoenix lights are you familiar with the phoenix lights
0: not even a little bit
1: so the so the phoenix lights happened in 1997 and it's the reason I chose it is because it is probably and I, I think it, it definitely is the largest mass UFO sighting in all of history or all of recorded history, I should say. It, thousands of people witnessed this. So in March, on March 13th, 1997, thousands of people witnessed glowing orbs in a V or wedge shape flying for three hours over a 300 mile corridor from Nevada through Phoenix, Arizona to the northern edge of Tucson. So it's a big area. That's 300, you know, over 300 miles. And this was, this happened for three hours. Again, it was witnessed by thousands and photographed by hundreds of people there's hundred there that you can find all over the internet now um i wish there was more videos but again this was 1997 so even the cameras on phones never mind video cameras on phone or video on on phones. it was rare at 97 I, that, I think that was the year i first got my first cell phone and that thing was mm-hmm. like a brick you know the zach morris sort of just giant phone uh so, uh not a ton of video but tons of photographic evidence of this. Um and the reason for it is it's like why why were so many people out there with cameras and everything? Well, people were out there to catch a glimpse of the passing Hale-Bopp comet. And if that sounds familiar to you or anybody else, that is the comet that was tied to the Heaven's Gate cult, I believe they're called. Um where they were the they were a that these people uh and they did a mass suicide because they believed the, the the hail bomb comet was coming to get them to take the you know just the believers which was I don't know twenty to fifty of them or something um off to the next world and enlightenment and stuff and they committed a mass suicide and it's famous for, obviously, the mass suicide and that everybody, they all had the same sneakers on. They were like generic Nikes, I believe, or something like that, or Adidas. And um, So if the hale Bob comet sounds familiar to any of you, that's why. It's tied to the Heaven's Gate cult and the mass suicide. And that's why everybody was out. That's why there was so many witnesses on this one random March night. So anyway, later you know, I don't know if this was weeks or months, uh, I, I think it was more like weeks later, the military came out and they claimed that the wedge or V of lights that people um, witnessed was actually flares that they had dropped over the valley uh, during a training exercise. Standard mm. military, you know, denial speak. Every if Everything is you know, a, some sort of test or a training exercise, everything, you know, or it's a weather balloon and that's, that's their go-tos training exercise, test or weather balloon. So take that for what it is. Um, witnesses absolutely hundred percent categorically refute this. Um, they are convinced that this, th- these orbs, this objects were other, were, were otherworldly crafts. And one of the witnesses, uh, J. Fife Symington III, I fucking love that name. It's <laughs> a great name. Um, he, who is the former governor and was governor at that time, um, is one of the witnesses uh, Witnesses of this and refutes that. And actually, 10 years after the event, while talking to Leslie Keene of the Prescott Daily Courier, uh, once again refuted it saying it couldn't have been flares because it was too symmetrical it had a geometric outline a constant shape so it's coming from you know this isn't some yahoo although anybody that lives in arizona myself includes like kind of a yahoo but um because why would you live in 150 degree weather but um You know, this is not some, what you think of some country bumpkin yokel. This is the governor of Arizona coming out and refuting it. And uh, as well as thousands of other people refuting it. And uh, just a little bit more on this, not too much more. Uh, In the UFO community, this is considered to be the most witnessed most document most documented and most important mass anomalous aerial event in modern history in actually recorded history um because so many people witnessed it and and over such a big span of time in area of land and everything and um yeah just like I would hear about it still when I lived there and it was and I think I first moved there in 09 sometime around there um so it, it, I, it was still people are talking about it and anybody out there uh if you want to do a little more research obviously you can do your google searches or whatever at search engine you use but there's also a documentary produced by a local doctor physician uh from the area dr lynn katai katai i'm probably butchering her name k-i-t-e-i called the phoenix lights and i know there's at least a trailer on youtube the whole cot might be on youtube but uh if you're interested in doing a little more research onto it um definitely check it out again she's uh you know well respected doctor and everything like that and uh just really cool
0: and that's the phoenix lights that was amazing I, I, I yeah i've never heard of that before and that's like super interesting and, and it's it's funny when you talk about the military seems to debunk thing it's it's literally always the same thing it's yeah but no that was that was great three hours that's that might be the longest one i've ever yeah called hearing about that's yeah. that was really good honestly great choice i like it
1: yeah, it was, like I said, like, normally I like to, like, try to find one a little off, the but it was just, like, because of the importance within the community of this mm-hmm. sighting, and and it's like, I knew about it, but I didn't know too much, and I and the only reason I knew about it was because I lived in Arizona, and people would talk about it, you know what I mean, but I didn't know a lot about it, so I was like, you know what, I, I, I gotta pick this, because it. As, as far as in that community it is just such an important event and it's it's fascinating i mean just these these orbs flying in a formation like that for like I said, over three hours 300 miles and then um i didn't find much i'm really curious like did they just disappear did they you know like what what, what was the end of it what signaled the end of people witnessing it i didn't find anything on that if they just you know or flew whatever it was so that's something i'll definitely be researching more but yeah i thought it was a pretty cool story
0: so cool it was it was an awesome 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 choice um yeah no it was great you got you got anything else good for me tom
1: no that's it for
0: today all right folks Thanks so much for listening. Join us next time when we set up camp in Virginia. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at scareyourpantsoffpod. No spaces. Or on Twitter, scareyourpantsoffpodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at gmail. See you next time.